tonight. We gather online not to marvel or to celebrate an empty tomb. Tonight we're here to remember and to reflect on a bloodstained cross. Tonight is a reminder that Easter Sunday never comes unless Good Friday happens. It's a reminder that in order to have a resurrection, we must first have death. And so we want to take some time and intentionally remember the suffering and the sacrifice and the love of our Savior who took it for us. He took the full weight of our sin on our behalf to the cross. He took our place. Tonight we want to focus on the cross. A little idea of what to expect. First is this, is at the end of our time, we are going to celebrate communion. We are going to partake of the Lord's Supper. And so what I'd love to do is give you a warning so that you can go grab some bread. Uh, you know, uh, I don't know, it could be whole wheat, could be um, wonder bread, it could, you know, it could be a cracker, whatever you have. Grab the cup, which would be like wine or juice, or it could be a LaCroix. Who knows? It's just, they're symbolic in the sense of Christ's body and Christ's blood. And we want to celebrate that. So a little bit during the service and a little while, go ahead and grab it. But right now what I want to do is I want to give you the, the big idea. I want to give you the main takeaway, the bottom line, the whole point right from the very beginning. This is, if you're going to walk away from tonight, this is the one thing that I want you to remember. The one thing I want you to take away, and that is this, is that the cross provides redemption for our remorse. That's it. The cross provides redemption for our remorse. And tonight what I want to do is I want to talk about that through the perspective of Peter. And as a church, what we've been doing is we've been talking about Peter a whole heck of a lot. We have basically been trying to better understand Jesus through the life of Peter. Yes, we want to learn about Peter's life, but mostly we want to focus on the Christ. We want to focus on Jesus. And Peter had a lot to ha had happened to him on Good Friday. Um, and the big idea that the cross provides redemption for our remorse, Peter didn't get that. He didn't understand that. He didn't fully grasp that on Friday night, on Good Friday. It was something that was, he realized upon reflection. It was only later at the end of his life did he actually understand the implications of what he witnessed, in fact, what he was even a part of. At the end of his life, Peter wrote this, these words right here. He said, he himself, speaking of Jesus, he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, you that's me, that's you, you have been healed. The cross provides redemption for our remorse. And I want to start tonight off by fixing our eyes on Jesus. And so let's do that right now. The cross provides redemption for our remorse. Good Friday, <laughs> it was a rough day for Peter. It was a rough day. Uh, it started off with a big declaration. Jesus was with his disciples and they were having their last meal, their last supper, the, the last time that Jesus knew that he would be with his disciples before the cross. 
And so he's kind of telling them about what's going to happen, and he's letting them know this. He said that tonight, today, all of you are going to fall away from me. He says they're going to strike the shepherd and the sheep are going to scatter. And I love Peter in this moment because I relate to him as he wants to stand up and he wants to protect Jesus. But he was missing the point because Jesus said, this must happen. This is what I must do. But he gets up and he declares this. He says, even if all fall away, I will not. Jesus answered, truly, I tell you, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you yourself will disown me three times. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Many of us know how this story goes and that Peter didn't actually keep his promise. In fact, Peter couldn't even stay awake. Jesus led them to the olive grove or an olive garden, if you will, not the olive garden, but an olive garden, that literally and ironically meant oil press. And it was there that Jesus felt the pressure of what was just about ready to happen, what he was going to walk into. And so he asked his friends in that moment to stay awake with him. Would you stay awake with me? Would you watch? Keep watch. Would you pray? And so Jesus went off just a little ways away, and he started to pray. And he was praying, and this was an excruciating, agonizing prayer. Lord, if it's possible, please take this cup from me. Because he knew what was ahead of him was the cross. And so in this pain and in this agony, he goes back to his disciples. And scripture tells us that Jesus returned when he returned to the disciples and found them. He found them asleep. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Friends, this happened three times. Three times Jesus went away to pray and he said, stay awake, pray, watch with me. And they fell asleep. And he'd come back and they would do the same thing again and again. Peter and the disciples, I get that they walk around everywhere they go, that they must have been tired, but they could not keep their eyes open. Every once in a while, I'll watch a movie late at night with my wife, and, and I am a night owl by nature, and my wife, she is definitely an early bird and likes to go to bed early. And so when there is a movie that I'm excited about that I want to watch with her, um, we will go and we will sit down and we will watch it, and I can tell right from the beginning I'm not sure if she's going to make it. Because when we're out there and we're watching it sitting on the couch, all of a sudden I'll look over to see how she's enjoying this movie that I'm trying to show her, and her eyes are starting to fade. And I will ask her, honey, and she'll just open them up. And yeah, yes, babe, I'm, I'm watching, I'm watching. And the next thing I know is we're watching along, funny part comes on, I look over, she's still kind of fading, and I will, I will say, honey, are you awake? And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm listening. And pretty soon, by the end of the time, my wife's head's fully cocked back, her mouth wide open, just sitting there like that. And I wanted to share the time with her, and as sweet as she is, she can't stay away. And it's funny, she looks cute in that position, at least I think so. But she can't stay awake and watch with me because she's tired. And that's how tired, the disciples are tired in this moment. They can't keep their eyes open, but Jesus wants to share something with them, an experience. And it's not an experience of a joy, it's an experience of agony. Well, eventually Judas arrives with his entourage of Roman soldiers, and he receives the kiss of betrayal from him. 
And Peter jolts awake and he draws his sword. And I, I love that he wants to defend Jesus. But again, did he hear anything that he said about what was supposed to happen that night, that he would be arrested? And I love that Peter stood up. But even doing that to defend Jesus, he couldn't even defend him correctly. He goes to take the sword and to chop off the head of a Roman soldier and ends up lobbing a lobe. That's it. And then on top of that, Jesus, what he does is he actually scolds Peter for this. Here's Peter trying to defend, thinking I'm doing the right thing, jolted awake from sleeping. And Jesus is saying, Peter, put down the sword. Those who live by the sword, die by the sword, put it down. And so Peter puts the sword down and he's looking around and there's guards everywhere. And so what does he do? He runs. He takes off and he does the one thing that he said he would not do. He abandons Jesus in this moment. In fact, all of them did. Scripture says all his disciples deserted him and ran away. Realizing this, that Jesus was being arrested, Peter, he, he followed from a distance. And as he followed from a distance, it eventually led him and he found himself in a courtyard outside of Caiaphas, the high priest's place. And it was in there that they were questioning Jesus. And on his way in, Peter runs into a servant girl at the gate. And the girl must recognize him somehow and say, hey, wait a second, I, I, I know you. Weren't you with Jesus? Weren't you with, with the one they're questioning inside of there? And Peter says, I don't know what you're talking about. And scripture tells us that this was a very cold night. And so in the courtyard, there was a fire or maybe a couple fires or who knows. But Peter eventually found himself warming himself outside of a fire in a group. And that group asked the same question. Hey, aren't you one of them, one of those who followed him? And he says, no, I am not. Eventually time passes and another man asks him because he's like, your accent, I, I, your accent gives you away. You must be with him. And then Peter, he actually begins to curse and to swear, I don't know the man. I don't know what you're talking about. And immediately in that moment, the rooster crows. The rooster crows and Peter denied Jesus three times. Three times. Scripture says that Peter left. He left that courtyard weeping bitterly. Clearly, this is the moment when it hit him. All of a sudden, he realized what he had done and that he let Jesus down and that he abandoned him and that he denied him and that he fell away. The exact same thing that Jesus said he would do he just did. And Peter's tears tell us that he immediately felt remorse. He immediately felt regret and shame and guilt over what had just happened. He felt remorse. And friends, we've all been there, have we not? We've all been in that place. Because Jesus says, or actually Paul says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and fallen short. All have sinned and fallen away. All of us, friends, have given in to sin. All of us in some way have hardened our hearts to his. And, and we've walked by and ignored that those that are next to us are in need. And we've 
kept our head down and focused on ourselves and our selfish priorities. Friend, I want to ask you tonight, have you fallen away from Jesus? And maybe fallen is an extreme word. Maybe the word is drifted. Have you drifted away from God? At one point in time, you were close to him. Like Peter, you were one of his disciples. You had a friendship. You had a relationship. And through a set of circumstances or a set of mistakes like Peter, you have found yourself drifting away. And the distance, you know it, you feel it. It's caused you pain. It's caused you remorse. In Peter's situation, it resulted in remorse. And in our situation, through the Holy Spirit and his conviction, it leads us to remorse. And believe it or not, that's a good thing. Because look at what Psalm 51 says. It says, it is a broken spirit you want. Remorse and penitence. A broken and contrite heart, oh God, you will not ignore. Friends, tonight, before we can talk about redemption, I think we need to sit in remorse. Think about this. Peter, he made these mistakes. And for three days, he had to sit with the fact thinking, that's it. That's it. That's the end. And there was nothing he could do about it. He's thinking to himself, this is how it ends. Friends, I am so glad to know that that is not how it ends. It's not how it ended with Peter, and it's not how it ended with us. Let's watch this video. The cross provides redemption for our remorse. The Apostle Paul tells us in Ephesians he says this, he says, In him, speaking of Jesus, we have redemption. Redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. Friends, before the cross, if someone made a mistake, the only thing that they could do was feel bad. They could have remorse or regret there was nothing someone can do for their sin. There was nothing someone could do for their guilt. Peter, after his many mistakes, he had nothing he could do with the remorse that he had in his heart. There was no path to redemption. And then there was the cross. Jesus went to the cross, and after the cross, the remorse, the, the regret, and the repentance, our repentance, had somewhere to go. It didn't just have to sit down deep inside of us and eat us up. No, Jesus took it. He shouldered it. He put it on his shoulders, and he carried it to Calvary. He carried it to the cross where it died along with him. Why would he do that? Why would God die like that? Well, it's because he wanted us to live. And friends, that is redemption. That's the big deal. That's why we remember the cross. And so how does the cross provide redemption? Well, it's simple. He does it simply because Jesus took our place. The theological word for this is substitutionary atonement. 
And it's this, it's that there was a price that needed to be paid for our mistakes, for our sins. And it was Jesus, the perfect Holy One who never sinned, who took our place and died on our behalf. Look at this, look at what Peter wrote. Again, I read this in the beginning, but I wanna read it again right now. It says this, Peter said he himself, talking about Jesus, he bore our sins in his body on the cross so that, here's the point, here's the purpose, so that we might die to sin and live for righteousness. By his wounds, this is the best part, by his wounds, you have been healed. Friends, by his wounds, you and I, we have been healed. By his wounds, we are made right with God the Father. By his wounds, we have life because he took our place. He took our place, the death that we needed to take. He took that on our behalf. Recently, all of the craziness that's going on inside of our world is difficult. And I'm not sure how the coronavirus has affected you. I'm sure you're hunkered down inside of your home. It might have affected you financially. You might know someone who has passed away. In fact, I don't know what the toll is right now worldwide, but it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And there are people that have, have passed away because of this. Their lives have been lost. Some people make the news. Some people do not. An individual who never did not make the news is a, a guy in Italy, a priest named Father Buradelli. And Father Buradelli was 72 years old, and I say 72 because he died. Here's what happened. He's in the hospital. He's diagnosed with COVID-19, and his friends bring him a, resp a respirator, and they bring him this so that he can live because he's struggling to breathe. And in the process of this, he finds out that there's another patient, another individual who is younger, someone that he has never even met who is also struggling to breathe. And Father Buradelli says this, he says, no, don't give it to me, give it to him. He has more life ahead of him, give it to him. And friends, Father Buradelli did not make it from that. The guy who he gave the respirator to did. But Father Buradelli did not make it. In fact, he laid down his life so that somebody else could live. And that is exactly what Jesus has done. Jesus said this. He said, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for a friend. Father Buradelli did that. Jesus did that. But the difference between the two is that Jesus was sinless. And because he was sinless and perfect, he could pay that price for us. Substitutionary atonement. He took our place. The cross provides redemption. Redemption. Redemption for our remorse. And friends, that is good news. That is great news. And what I want to do right now is I want us to celebrate that. It is something to celebrate what Christ did for us. And I want us to do that by the partaking of communion. And so if you haven't had a chance, quickly go and grab the elements, the, the bread and the cup. Communion, it is more than just a ritual. It's more than a ceremony or some ancient practice that we do every once in a while. It's a way to remember 
That's simply what it is, a way to remember. When Jesus was having the Last Supper with his disciples on Good Friday, he said, do this, right? Do this in remembrance of me. We are to remember him. Paul, the apostle, teaches us this in 1 Corinthians 11. He says, whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Friends, I never want to forget. I never want us to forget what Christ has done for us. And so let us remember now, and let us remember by taking the bread. And the bread he told us and he taught us represents his body. And he said it was broken for us. And he also took the cup. And he said the cup represents my blood spilled out for you. And so let's take a moment and let's reflect, let's remember the sacrifice, the suffering, and the love of our Savior. And it starts with the bread. On the night he was betrayed, on the night Jesus was betrayed, Jesus took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, this is my body which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let's partake of the bread now. In the same way, after supper, he took the cup saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us drink of the cup now. Lord, we are grateful for what you did. We thank you that you took our place when you didn't have to. You had a comfortable seat up in heaven. You had a comfortable home. But yet you came down here for the purpose of saving us. And for that, we are grateful. For that, we take tonight and we simply remember the great thing that you have done, the miraculous thing that you have done, the selfless act of all selfless acts. You went to the cross. You went to Calvary, Golgotha, the the place of the skull. And you laid down your life. And because you did that, Lord, we have life. We have a place where our sins can, can go. They don't stick within us. They are wiped away by your blood and by what you did your broken body. Lord, for that we say thank you, thank you, thank you. We love you, Lord. Tonight we remember you. In your name we pray. Amen. I'm so glad that you joined us today. I'm so grateful that you took some time to to reflect and to remember Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. I am so grateful that we don't have to hold on to our remorse anymore, 
that there is redemption, there is a path that is made for us that, that brings us into right relationship and brings us into life. So thank you for joining us tonight as we reflect and we remember what Jesus did. Uh, as we do that, know this, is that the, the, the grave was not the end. The cross was not the end of the road. There was the resurrection. And I cannot wait for this Sunday to be able to share with you what that means. Not only what that means for Peter in his life, but what that means for every single one of us. And so we would love to invite you to join us at 9.30 online, same place, same venue, and we're gonna talk and we are going to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. In the meantime, watch this video as we close.